Welcome to Hush Podcast. And before we get into the show today, I just want to ask you, are you a sad person? Do you have social anxiety or maybe even depression? Do you feel the crushing void of oppressive darkness slowly eating away at your soul day by day? Well, crack out those zannies and light up those spoons, ladies and gentlemen, because the black pill is only getting darker. I am your host, Madison Gray, joined by my dear friends and my cohorts, Heliomancer and Not The State. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Yes, hello, I'm Heliomancer and I am fucking depressed. After this show, I'm going to hang myself. We call that self-sudden set around here. Very woke of you. <laughs> I'm not the state and you know, sometimes sometimes things just be that way. <laughs> you know, it I is think we might get demonetized. Hashtag but, demonetized. You know, Hashtag, hashtag. I mean, let's K-Y-S. be honest. We were never, we were never monetized. <laughs> no one watches the show. <laughs> I still really want to make like a really nice necklace um, out of botched jewelry pieces that just have the letters KYS on it. <laughs> nice. You should do it. You know, I mean, that doesn't do. sound like it'd be hard to do. We need to get a sponsor no. that'll never ever let go of us, no matter how fucked up we are. We need to we need to get Raid Shadow Legends. Raid Shadow Legends and what's that stupid CBD company everyone goes with? <laughs> you fucking, um, <laughs> no no no. We need me undies. Yeah, no, we need, no. we we need me undies. We need blue. Is Blue Apron still a thing? I haven't heard anyone shout that out in a long time. No, but we could get a I don't know Doctor Squatch or some <laughs> Doctor Squatch. Hey hey, they, they got might, good soap. They got good. They soap. might chip in. We could um, just tell them that we care a whole lot about masculinity. By Soylent. <laughs> That'd be the Soylent best. would never go for. You us, know who dude. I would love to be sponsored by? I'd love to be sponsored by fucking uh, Alex Jones and just to show for his uh, his uh, vitamins that he makes the supplements. Today's episode dude, is brought to you by than- Brain Force. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I, I've Those always been curious to try away, bro. I've always been curious to try uh, some of his stuff but it's so expensive and like you know more power to him I'm glad he's making money or whatever you know selling the stuff and from from what I've read they're actually not bad they're, they're actually like good good level um, supplements they're just marked up a bit because you're paying for that Infowars price you know to have it mm-hmm. but um yeah, there's just vitamins, uh, and I already, I, I go for the cheaper ones because I'm a broke bitch. But um, with that being said, uh, I, I kind of wanted to talk about something today that's really been um, on my mind uh, for a long time, actually. But just like today, not today, but like this week, it's really been kind of weighing on me because uh, I've been doing something I haven't done in a while, and that's working on some new stuff and not just uh, overthinking and overdoing stuff that I should have put my name on and said done a long time ago um and that's just kind of how when i look around me and i and i talk to my friends especially my more creative or entrepreneurial friends um i've noticed that over the last i want to say five years there's been this massive oppressive void uh, per se that's kind of really swallowed everyone up to where Everyone still has big ideas, but almost nobody has the means or the motivation to see them through and myself included, you know, like It took me a long time to get my album decadence out and I finished writing that album a good year before It came out. It just took that long for me to just finally finish the damn thing and I just feel like modern society and like modern culture is built in a way to just 
demean, demoralize, and just subdue creative types, entrepreneurial types, and just anybody who actually wants to do something more than slog at a, you know, low-paying, wagey job the rest of their life. Like, is that just me, or... Or do you guys feel the same? Do you, do you think that this is exclusive in the U.S. or like you know most other places, or do you think it's just a Western thing, or do you think it's also an Eastern thing, or what? I don't know. What? I feel like it it might not be exclusive to the U.S., but just from being online and you know reading different posts that of people complaining about you know wagey jobs here, the overall consensus that I've seen is that anyone anywhere else outside of the u.s is kind of appalled at how um you know like your standard minimum wage jobs uh employees are treated yeah and, i, I and think the kind it's, of bar of expectation that's been set i don't think it's so much a western or eastern thing because i mean like look at look at fucking china for example but i think it's uniquely oh, yeah. a over industrialized society type deal because if you look at Europe, especially like the Nordic countries per se, uh, or even parts of the UK, um, they don't have nearly as much of the same issue that we do in the US. And the US, in all honesty, like, you know, to kind of shit on my US pride a little bit, the US is more like China than it is, you know, a Western nation at this point with the way it handles things. And sure, it's not as, it's not nearly as oppressive and authoritarian uh, as China per se, but the difference is China cuts the middleman and doesn't let the corporations do it. They do it themselves, you know, through governmental means, yeah. you know, and that's really the only difference. Demand economy. Yeah. That, that's really the only difference is, is that, you know, where the U S you know, it claims, Oh, land of opportunity, land of blah, 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 blah. But you know, they let, you know, corporations and you know, the government does do an ex- to an extent really screw people over with a lot of the licenses taxes and just other things you have to pay just to get a, a, a business you know in its first stage and being able to survive that level of cost is pretty intense but you know the other hand of it is just how they let corporations and everything just kind of rule and control everything to where like you know i'm a musician so i'll, I'll talk from that standpoint like they've let corporations and websites and social media and everything just devalue music to be worthless you know like just look at streaming platforms 7.99 a month for you know a massive catalog of music and we all make less than like what was like less than one it's like 4.14 percent of a fucking penny you know yeah per per play and and then you know what's our alternative we just don't put it on there and then no one listens to it, you know, because boomers will be like, oh, well, if you don't like Spotify, don't use it. Okay, motherfucker, then where else are people going to listen to it? That's where 90% of it is up, is on YouTube and on on uh, Spotify. That's where people mostly listen to their music and, and Apple Music, yeah, but I'm going to include them in Spotify because they're Didn't they identical. do away with um, iTunes? Or isn't it? It still on the kind way of out? exists. It's on its way out, but no one, no one uses it. You know, you have people who buy vinyls, but that's yeah. a whole other thing. Unless you're signed to a label that's going to like do the upfront costs for those things. Um, like, let's say I want to get like 500 vinyls, right? The cheapest quality with just a black vinyl uh, that I can get is for 500. It's going to be like 1,200 dollars for 500 vinyls. That's why vinyls are so expensive if you buy them independent. Because in order to recoup anything, you need to sell almost all the vinyls you get and you need to sell them at like at least like $25 to $30, you know? 
mm-hmm. and that's not including shipping fees. If you're going to be paying for shipping fees and all that kind of stuff, you're you're losing even more profit. But you know, that's the thing is like all we really have is Bandcamp. But even then, Bandcamp is not a mainstream household name. I'm, I'm sure almost everyone knows what Bandcamp is at this point. I can't think of anybody that actually uses it, to be honest. Yeah, besides I, me I, on occasion. <laughs> the only people I know who use Bandcamp on a regular basis are other artists. Yeah, because it's a way to directly support someone else, you know. Because Bandcamp takes such a small cut, yeah. and, uh, which is why I like them. Uh, I think Bandcamp is one of the few like music sellers or streaming websites, whatever you want to label them. They're kind of everything uh, that really actually gives a shit, or at least does enough to be perceived as giving a shit about the music industry and musicians. Well, I think um, I think that there's like a certain um, like it, it. It happened like. I don't know if it's always been a thing with the U.S., to be honest, because I haven't really studied U.S. economics, like, pre-depression or whatever, but before everything got corporate, um, there was a certain sense of, like, individual ownership and responsibility, and now that everything's so interconnected, you know, global, and, um, you know, I I think, like, you know, yeah, there's a lot of uh, sense that uh, a lot of this comes from being in, like, an industrial society, but I think it's kind of comes from the fact that, you know, we started out industrial and all of a sudden we just went fucking global and we transformed our once kind of industrious mindset with, like... A sort of service industry mindset and it drives i guess the modern culture well, or the, the modern reagan sold thing. us out reagan reagan yeah. sold us out and then the dems that followed him sold us out and like you know every neocon and every you know liberal has sold us out more and more and then said that we need to be a service economy now because we can't compete with you know china and these other people who can out compete us but you know it's as simple as why are no, we buying we from we just we just have to stop buying from nations that support borderline slave labor and sometimes outright slave labor and child labor you know yeah but that that you know it's just an excuse it's the same it's the same reason why we can't have a free market but we can just keep using trickle down economics and you know trickle down economics doesn't fucking exist keynesian economics don't work uh, but people will keep perpetuating right. that so they can build up a straw man of look it doesn't work So we need to have you know more more taxes and more of this and more of that, you know mm-hmm. um, and, and so it's just like Breaking the establishment for a better tomorrow. Yeah, the establishment just constantly creates straw men like well, my service economy uh, to, to keep doing things it's like inflation like inflation is borderline theft uh, you know, there's a certain amount of inflation that I can understand where if companies are losing out on profits to a point where they're not making profit and they're going to go out like, yeah, obviously you have to inflate your price to match the economy. But it's a lot like taxation. Taxation, when you hear about it, oh, it is small amount of money that you have to pay that goes to public services that benefits everyone. That sounds fine. But the reality of it is, is we're taxed to the fucking dirt. You know, and our money goes to shit that we really shouldn't be, you know, giving it to. A lot of it goes into people's pockets or is, you know, used to perpetuate, you know, needless wars that do nothing but win land over for Israel and give us more oil money from the fucking Middle East. Or, you know, it goes to, you know, enter politician here's new swimming pool, right? Mm -hmm. And then with inflation, inflation sounds like, it sounds fine, because like, let's say I'm a musician, right, and I want to start switching over from mostly selling CDs and shirts to selling more high-quality shirts and high-quality vinyls. Uh, I'll uh, I'll use George Clanton for an example here, because he runs a a label called 100% Electronica, 
and their clothes are pretty damn expensive and their vinyls are, are a little pricier than your average person but they give great quality stuff i mean their service is really good i bought stuff from them and their their clothes are high quality that you do get what you pay for and so the inflation of their prices makes sense to match you know a profit margin that they can profit off of and still continue the service but like let's look at the inflation of what's going on today you know post pandemic all the fake shortages and i say fake shortages because it's not even a we don't have the items it's a we're not letting people do their jobs and it's causing stuff not to get done <laughs> you know or get taken places and so they're they're just inflating like amazon and walmart and all them are just inflating prices to get away with it because what do you, where else are you going to go there's no competition they own everything you know so they're going to get your money no matter what and so they're just screwing you over to up their profits at that point and give themselves higher bonuses while they cut the salaries and their wages of their workers. They cut their hours to be low. So it's like, oh, well, you make $20 an hour at Amazon. But the reality is, is you get maybe 20 hours a week at Amazon. So it really doesn't, you know, if if your wage is high, but your hours are low, it doesn't matter at that point. You might as well just be making minimum wage. And so that's the yeah. reality of it. And that, that, that's one of those things where now you have to have multiple jobs to survive. No one can afford anything. Houses are impossibly expensive. Renting shitty apartments in ghetto areas is overly expensive and takes like 60 to, in some cases, 80% of your monthly, you know, your, your gross monthly uh, income. Bills are super fucking expensive. Everything is too expensive. And at the end of the, the end of the month, you have almost no money to invest in yourself. And then the only way to do it is, well, hustle, man, just hustle more. And it's just like bullshit hustle culture where it's like, okay, let me hustle and do another job. So then I can put, I can put money towards what I want my passion to be, my passion that I want to make my job, my job. So I'm essentially working three jobs and now I have no time to myself and I, I can't even use any of my money for, you know, creature comforts that make slogging through this miserable fucking hustle culture uh, you know, at least a little comfortable and there's never any payoff. The payoff is so little. And I think that's what it is. Cause like China in a certain way is kind of like that. Um, the UK is like that to a certain extent. I don't think it's as bad as the U S. Um, but then you look at countries like you look like the Nordic countries like Norway or, um, what'd you call it? Uh, or, um, Sweden and they don't have that issue uh, like we do. You look at Japan and they don't have that issue like we do. Um, and so that's why I don't think it's so much a Eastern versus Western thing. I just think it's a, uh, I, would, I don't even want to say industrialized culture because they're very industrialized cultures. It's just cultures that give a fuck <laughs> about their people and then cultures that are just purely, you know, I'll just say it capitalistic. I don't care how many boomers get mad at me for saying that or call me a commie. Uh, but you know, when all it is is gross profit for multi-billionaires that own everything and, and all they care about is GDP numbers, no one gives a shit. You know, so. what was really kind of like eye opening is the other day I saw this, like, you know, those like really shitty POV videos that like kids like to make, like, and I, I see them pop up on like Instagram or Facebook or whatever. Why are you I looking at little kids Instagram pages? No, it's just like, you know, on uh -huh. like the, the reels or whatever. Why are you looking oh, okay. at reels? Whatever. <laughs> what are you, fag? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I watch reels on my uh, break. I saw one. <laughs> I saw one. Just make a TikTok at that point. That was... Oh, wait. <laughs> 
I saw one that was um, <laughs> just a being original. <laughs> what the fuck do you want me to do? <laughs> I saw one that was a kid who was that they were being original and they were like, oh yeah, what if we like POV? We live in a society where uh, you trade things instead of using we money. Live in a and society. I'm like, oh. So it just turns into fucking anarchism, which doesn't work for obvious reasons. Like, and here's the thing, right? Like, I, I think the whole Antifa, you know, communist anarchist shit is dumb as fuck. And I think people who buy into it are either utopian and they're not look, they're purposely like avoiding looking at the consequences and the reality of their systems, or they're just dumb as rocks and following whatever their dumbass friends or whatever dumb YouTuber they like is saying. But you know, I don't blame people for hitting that point because we're, we're living in essentially late stage capitalism. Uh, and it, it's when capitalism turns into corporatism. And I know a lot of boomers and a lot of libertarians like to use that term to kind of like defend uh, completely free market capitalism. Uh, but it's always the end point. It's the, the neoliberal hellscape is always the end point of, you know, cronyistic capitalism and unfettered capitalism. Like there's a certain level of authority and there is a certain level of um what's the word uh regulation that does need to exist within a capitalist structure and society to protect small businesses to protect the little guy and to stop you know the bill gates and jeff bezos of the world of just abusing the system to buy everybody out to create oligarchies and have complete control and that's the issue that we live in. And so, like, I don't blame people for going to, you know, running over to Marx and being like, well, Marx makes a lot of good points. Marx is a fucking idiot. But, you know, if you're not as educated on capitalism and capitalistic systems, then people view capitalism as one system versus, you know, the way people view Marxism as a bunch of different kinds of systems. Like, you have various different flavors and levels of socialism you have different like flavors and levels of communism and capitalism is no different but i feel like there's this this massive brainwashing that's gone on where no one can understand that idea so instead of understanding that there's various forms of capitalism and even some that kind of like weave in between you know socialistic sort of um framework that create almost hybrid systems no one really understands that they just view capitalism as the neoliberal you know corporatism that we live in today versus the protectionist capitalism of the 40s and 50s that brought us into the american golden age yeah i mean that's a good point um you tend to get people who are just very one side of the fence or the other instead of just yeah. opening conversation and, and I think this is by design by culture as well. I've just been brainwashed into, oh, you have a slightly different opinion than me. Well, you're the enemy and we can't talk versus, mm. you know, meeting in the middle and finding certain places that exist, which is why, mm -hmm. you know, people are the way they are. They, they, they don't, un they don't want to comprehend the other side or maybe see something from a different light. You have people who are in 2022 still trying to dunk on Donald Trump while never acknowledging the absolute fucking shit trash fire of the biden presidency and just how much damage that that you know establishment has done in a single year in office that is worse than george bush's entire eight years that's worse than obama's eight years and which is far worse than trump's four years you know and that's all in like what a year and some change mm -hmm. you know and and so like that's where we're sitting at you were sitting at a point where people don't even want to acknowledge that and they still want to dunk on trump because 
that their little their, their little worldview cannot accept that you can look at Trump and not like him and still think Biden is a shit president and a fucking worse choice. It's like that doesn't exist in people's heads. No one can understand that. That you don't have to choose one side of the coin. You don't have to fucking choose, you know. I don't know though. I have seen I have seen more people open to that idea. Like I've seen more discussion and heard more discussion in person of people being like, well, you know, even though I, I definitely prefer one over the other, it's still a fucking shit show here. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen that as much, but I also, uh, I don't exist in the same circles that you do. I think you're, you, you exist in more moderate circles than, than I kind of do, uh, mm-hmm. where, uh, because I'm a social pariah for being, you know, as far to the right as I am and for, you know, my religious views and everything, um, I'm kind of stuck in those circles <laughs> and then social media constantly wants to show me uh, like commie leftists <laughs> it's just like why <laughs> I'm not going to start an argument with these people because I know it's going to go nowhere but it's like it, like Facebook does that right it's like I hate Facebook and the only reason I still have a Facebook feed at this point and uh, anyone listening if you don't have a, a genuine use for Facebook fucking delete it um, I'm on there to shill because I need to shill my stuff and it, you know it's how I keep in contact with certain people who don't have an, any other ways of keeping contact with at this point. Um, and so that's why I hold on to it. And that's why I use it. Cause I need to show the podcast. I need to show my music um, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, if you don't have, if you don't have a need for something like that, then delete Facebook, but Facebook. And I think it does this on purpose. I think it, it sees that um, I used to interact oh, a lot with uh, right wing, yeah, right wing pages and like <laughs> libertarian pages and that kind of stuff. And I used to, I used to be way more outspoken on social media than I am nowadays, where I just kind of keep to myself because I'm burned out on getting banned for making jokes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it gets old after a while. I'm like ten years ago, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally, you posted a Jeffrey Dahmer meme four years ago. We're gonna ban you for thirty days, and you're not allowed to live stream anymore. Thanks, Facebook. <laughs> you said the word gypsy. We're kicking you off the platform for a month. <laughs> Never mind that it was literally relevant to conversation. What? Okay, okay. Before like, I even continue, why is gypsy a slur now? People are pretending the, like the word gypsy is a slur now. Everything is a fucking slur, and I don't get it. How is gypsy a slur? Well, like you just said, everything is a fucking slur because it's PC culture. That's That's how it is now everything is offensive it doesn't matter your reasoning for using a word it, it's a slur and it's offensive and you're horrible and you should kill yourself well, well let me let me be offensive for a second uh helio you're a romanian fuck get that get out of my country you damn gypsy <laughs> listen here motherfucker god i was muted the whole time i was like trying to cut in like three or four times i was like Oh no, I was wondering. Yeah, I was like, uh, oh god. I was like, did he just fucking cut over me, man? What the fuck? <laughs> They're both talking <laughs> over me now. <laughs> no. I was wondering where you were at. No, yeah, like, for real. Do you no, want to circle back a little bit? Um, no, well, I mean, to sort of, to sort of add to the whole thing with, um, I think, um, like, especially like you said, like the uh, the whole late stage capitalism and you know neoliberalism and neoliberal authoritarianism sort of being like the the theme for late stage shit. Um, 
it's sort of telling because like the the amount of people that are in denial about this um like there's this one friend i have i'm not going to mention his name but for the sake of the conversation let's say his name's frank right well frank frank it's is like one of those frank, motherfucker it's filthy frank bitch <laughs> sorry let's get some pussy tonight sorry rest Anyways, in peace um, king rest in peace anyway so like the fucking the whole thing with um like i've engaged with him several points in like in, in time and every single conversation comes down to there's no way you're being brainwashed and um you know the republicans this and the republicans that and and it's always the republicans and i basically asked him like dude um if you think about it if you go back to like let's just say you know obama right yeah you know because bush had his two terms and then it was obama you know you start with obama right i mean you, if you want to be fair let's just say let's just be fair and add bush right let's eight years republican and then another eight years eight years democrat with um with obama right and then we have trump for four years and then now we've got another four years of biden so it's like yeah all right sure like is it really the fucking Republicans fault when they hold majority in they've held majority in like a lot of seats for like so long and we've had a two termer and then followed by a one term with Trump, you know, and it's like there's only so much at some point that you, you know, the economy got the best it had been in years under Trump. Well, and then immediately tanked as soon as like the fucking pipeline was cut down because it's it, <laughs> yeah. the problem is is because these people are city bred they, they don't really understand the only people that actually give a fuck about the rural communities in the United States were to, to be completely honest that's our backbone like you 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 fuck with farmers you fuck yeah. with truckers you basically you're basically asking to get blockaded and then all of a sudden all those little things that show up at your fucking supermarket they stop showing up and then you start wondering and scratching your head well what's going on with well, all what my do you stuff think of, what do you think of my it, solution you know, which is uh i've thought about getting rid of the electoral collage and replacing it with a different version collage. of it where instead of it or whatever it is or instead of <laughs> instead of it being you know per capita numbers and kind of equalizing it in that regard uh we do it by resources because uh, I, I thought about this for a long it time. It makes a lot more sense. It makes more because sense it, because here's the thing. California could disappear off the map tomorrow, and we've lost almost nothing. Exactly. Um, sure, some oh, corporations... Oh, no, people. <laughs> exactly. All, and this, all it's, it's the same thing with... with this, giants that are brainwashing yeah, the same thing, us. The same oh. thing with New York. You know, it's like, oh, certain things would go down, but when it comes to actual resources that matter, such as uh, the little bit of manufacturing industrialization that we still have here that hasn't been outsourced when it comes to farming... Uh, and and a lot of agricultural stuff, uh, it, it's not that big of a deal. And well, it you're, if you're me talking about if you New York City, then, you look then at those, hell yes. Yeah, but if you look at those counties too, as well in California and and in places like Washington and New York and the the the, the big ones, even then, almost all of them are red because. Let's be honest, Republicans, as fucking terrible as they can be, and, you know, again, I'm not saying griping about Republicans or criticizing them is bad. They no. definitely have their problems. They need to be they held accountable. It. Everyone needs to be Just held like accountable. Just like everyone else. They yeah. at least do not fuck over our agricultural and our resources and just all that, our important resources, nearly as much as the Dems do. And... Well, so, like, that, that, that would be my solution. Because, like, the pipeline well, is a perfect example that... 
Oh my god, it's all it's being built and it's gonna it's gonna destroy the environment. So let's just continue to let the Middle East destroy the environment, pretend like it's okay because it's not happening here, and then we're gonna pay out the ass for gas prices. You know, it's like it's like why the fuck aren't we working with Mexico? Like I I've always thought this for years and it's bothered me, is it's like we have a neighbor that has a lot of natural gas oh their gas isn't that good. Because it has shitty refineries and all this stuff. If you we make invested in their refineries and got rid of their cartel problem and maybe even like, I don't know, improved relations with them, maybe made maybe tried to crack down on their fucking corrupt ass government, maybe well, you know we'd have better relations with Mexico. With Mexico. And everyone's and maybe like, there'd be less uh, immigrants running through the border because well, they'd stay be. home because the, the it's reason better. why they're fleeing their country, you know? and I say this as a second generation American. All right, I say this as a second generation American. My grandparents are from Mexico, so for some fucking asshole, oh, you racist piece of shit, suck my Spanish cock, you fuck. Um, <clears throat> my me my Mesoamerican cock. <laughs> um, the thing about Mexico is, is Mexico has a rich culture. It has a vast amount of resources with farmland agriculture and obviously with oil and industrialization and you know manufacturing and all that and it has a very you know prideful and and rich cultural people to it and mm -hmm. this mass immigration problem that we have especially with illegals should not be looked at as they just want a better life Ooh. well okay so let's import all their problems here versus you know, not letting them come through and kind of forcing them to have their own revolution or better yet, maybe going and doing something about their corrupt government. And I'm not trying to say we need to Iraq, uh, you know, we need to have a Mexican war, you know, Iraq war style. Um, but we should yeah, do something is, because if we had better relationships, them accountable at all, like, exactly. You know? If we had better relationships with them, if we help them, refine their government to be not a, as I mean it's funny coming from us we have a corrupt ass government but not right. having a government run by the cartel and by actually you know doing things that benefits them it would create a much better environment for us because we have we'd have two oil rich partners we already have a good amount of oil here which is almost all of our reserves which is why you know Texas is and Texas and California are very oil rich uh, states but if we were buying gas and oil from Mexico and helping them with their refineries and putting money into that, it would help bring their country up and build them up, build their economy up. It would stop a lot of the over, you know, a lot of the mass immigration and illegal immigration issue because now they wouldn't have a need to flee their country, <laughs> you know, because that's something a lot of people don't realize is, you know, like at least construction workers. I used to, I used to be really close friends with some Mexican construction workers and they, they would say they make the equivalent of a hundred dollars a week out there and that's like the average amount of money most people make in Mexico which is why they live in poverty and Jeez. so it's like if you were to bolster their economy help them create a better system and have a government that isn't you know just bowing to the cartel and allowing them to own towns and do whatever they want and you built up their refineries we'd have much cheaper gas we'd have a much more reliable partner with everything and it would solve a lot of issues and same thing with canada you know canada's got a lot of gas they've got a lot of other stuff too and it's like why can't we just build better relationships with these nations i, I get it trudeau when it comes to canada but Tr trudeau is gonna I i'm not saying i'm gonna do anything about it i'm not i think something will happen to trudeau and a lot of those guys in the coming years if the escalations that have happened in canada continue to escalate 
um, I think it's going to force the government's hand to start compromising in order to bring peace back to that nation because they're uh, they're they're coming up on much of the same civil you know I like to call it the cold civil war that America is going through right now mm-hmm. but yeah no like people just don't want to do that they, they don't want to think about logical solutions because oh well they're hard but it's not that the you know our bullshit solutions that we're doing now aren't hard they're just normalized you know mm-hmm. so and, and it kind of loops back to i guess what i started with which is how you know the culture and society that we live in right now is built to just like completely destroy people and demoralize people especially creative or entrepreneurial types or or even like um i, w- I don't consider myself like a political like operative or something like that you know i do consider myself an activist to a certain regard if you want to if i were to go that far but it stifles them too you know and it's built like that so it's normal in people's head heads for us to go kill you know brown kids in the middle east and do absolutely nothing to actually benefit those nations or really benefit ourselves in any tangible way um but doing something that might be a little hard and that might be a little boisterous with our southern neighbors is off the table even though it's much more tangible and has much more benefits for both parties involved Mm -hmm. you know it's easier for us like i I think about um i think about a buddy of mine's dad he's like a boomer conservative right like a like a ben shapiro type and um and we were talking about uh Oh, the mass shooter problem that's been happening here and uh and it's not that i'm i'm gonna go out and say they're psyops because i don't think it's that but when i look at like um for example i'm gonna use um what was it parkland i'm gonna use um nicholas uh was it nicholas cruz yeah it's nicholas cruz um he's a perfect example him and elliot roger are two really good examples of what i'm talking about where both of them were on the FBI registry for years, especially Nicholas Cruz. He was on there for like three or four years. They had a large dossier on him. There was so much stuff on this guy. You can see it too. Like that people have, you know, gotten their hands on the declassified reports. They knew about this guy for years. They knew he was fucking nuts. They knew he was into extremist shit. They knew that he was looking into doing a mass shooting and he was still able to do everything he needed to do. If they did one fucking checkup on him. And I remember talking about this because it's like the FBI gets so much funding and it fails on every level. It spies on us. It fucking oppresses us. It does all this bad shit. But that's okay because, well, they need to do that to stop the bad guys. But when it comes to, you know, again, which was at the time the the worst, uh, the worst uh, spree shooting under the um, Vegas event in American history on American soil, they did nothing. With Elliot Roger, they did nothing. There was a cop that went to Elliot's house, and all he had to do was walk in his room, but he didn't. He just knocked on the door, oh, you're okay, and walked off. And I think about the time, like, you know, full disclosure, I've been 5150. They fucking went everywhere. They they didn't let me do that, and I'm, I'm not somebody who was planning to do something horrible. I was intoxicated and making stupid remarks, and I was going through a really bad, depressive moment. You can fill in the, the blanks there. And I look at how, you know, just our local PDs, you know, handle normal civilians. But then again, it's like for some reason the gloves are, the child gloves are on with these crazy fucks that go and they do this stuff. 
And so it's not well, that yeah, I think it's a I mean, psyop as much as it's just they allow them to do that, right? Well, I mean, think about think about the ice pit killer, right? That that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, Luca Magnata. If it, it, if it weren't for people who saw his fucking cat video, and there's a whole documentary on this on Netflix, but if it weren't mm-hmm. for people who saw these fucking cat videos that he did before the murder, they would have never had like evidence at all to link the two. And now, and what's the response, the modern response to that, or I guess the modern corporate response is, well, these gore websites are really bad. We should shut them down. I'm, I'm not somebody who really advocates for like, you know, the type of, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, being all up in the face of like gory horrible shit is healthy for you i think it's not you know it, it, unless you're somebody yeah. that can stomach that kind of stuff like me and keep your fucking head um you know it's, it's probably best you avoid it but completely banning it is actually more harmful to society than i mean obviously don't have it front and center but you know giving people no outlet in that regard could potentially stop well what it does is it allows crazy it allows crazy fuckers like luca magnata to flaunt themselves on there and get caught yeah exactly the amount of people that have gotten caught doing that kind of stuff and you know i want to finish my original point before i cut touching that but that reminds me of something uh to continue to shit on the fbi for a minute uh before i get there so i mentioned my buddy's boomer dad i was talking about this and i was like you know it's like how come you know they're able to stifle free speech and do all this kind of stuff and when it comes to these people they can't do anything and he was like butthurt well if the government can do that then why don't they do this and it's just this boomer ass like bullshit of like well if you change this then they will use this to stifle your freedoms motherfucker they're already stifling my freedoms if we're gonna right. do anything we can at least push it in a direction that actually benefits society and helps people it's not that i like that they're gonna stifle my freedoms but i hate this excuse this apathetic response and i that that's the key word here is apathy this yeah. apathetic response to where we're comfortable with them fucking us in a certain way but if we advocate for something that might possibly give them a different avenue to screw us then oh it's bad because it gives them a different avenue but what's as opposed to what them doing it already now but not being held accountable like yes i do see the issue with maybe the fbi being able to come in and do fucking swoops on your ass and and pull you in and and look at your stuff if they uh if you're a a major risk but there there's certain levels of it and i think that if you have certain you know red flags i'm not saying i'm advocating for a red flag law that's not my deal but there are certain red flags to where they should be able to kind of intervene and and see what's going on with you check in and find out what's going on with you because they already do that the only difference is is when they don't do it with someone like nicholas cruz who i think he had over 20 fucking pages of a report on his ass an over 20 page dossier that was over the course of like i think like three or four years you know th- well, there's even no accountability more recently, there. though wasn't wasn't the guy that did the whole christmas parade drive-through uh like, he literally just got out of jail it was the same drive-through thing. Yeah, Sorry, he just got out of reason, jail. Yeah, yeah, he no, just got I out. Just, I've never heard it described that way. Yeah, he had just got out. <laughs> uh, and again, it, it, it's 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 it, it blows my Bro, mind. He should be in for life. What the fuck? Why is he? Yeah, out? It, it, but it was the same principle, wasn't it? He he had had priors, wasn't that him? Right? The yeah, that was him. And and it, it goes back to again, like what I was going to say to completely shooting the FBI again. So uh, for for anyone who isn't familiar, uh, I'm a big fan of a podcast called PKA. Uh, painkiller already and they had a guest on recently called distressor and i'm not really well versed in who this distressor guy is but he was talking about a really fucked up experience he had with the fbi where um 
I guess he was he was getting involved with different uh, like Discord servers and trying to find like uh, I don't remember exactly why he was doing it, but he was trying to find like really greasy Discord servers to I think he was like some sort of informant, right? A civilian mm-hmm. informant uh, to try and get a lot of really bad stuff off of it. And when I say bad stuff, I'm not talking about he's going in to find people saying the N word or saying faggot or whatever and get them kicked off. He wasn't like that. It was greasier stuff. Um, and there was one server and I can't remember whose it was, but someone made a joke about, you know, let's just say the sensual exploitation of a, um, of a child. He, he described there was like, it was like six or seven hours worth of just a bunch of people in that server posting, uh, cheese pizza, you know, CP. And so he, he got in contact with his PD and he's like, Hey, you know, this is going on. They're like, well, we can't really do anything about it. So they get him in contact what with the, the FBI. Right. Cause that's the FBI's whole deal. Yeah. You know? And, uh, you know, the FBI has the largest collection of CP that's out there. So just want to throw that out there. But, um, you know, so he contacts the FBI, talks to them. They're like, Oh, well, uh, okay, well we need you to log the usernames and we need you to give us descriptions of the, f- the pictures you know, it helps with finding out who the victims are and all this other kind of stuff. The FBI had a civilian sift to, and, and he was asking, like, do I save it and send it to you? What do you do? He can't save it because then that's bad. You know, that will be a crime if he it's saves illegal, it yeah. and whatever. And I'm not saying he should have, but it's like, instead of having an FBI agent go into the server that this guy is reporting and look at it themselves, someone who gets paid to do that, they have a civilian who's reporting it go for hours and look at these pictures and write descriptions out for them that must be horrifying work dude it, like it, um, it is horrifying the work but they're making the, the, a the, civilian do it that's fucking yeah. horrible the, why the, why can't the fbi definitely. who's paid and funded with our tax dollars to fight this stuff actually do anything about it and instead of doing anything about it they make a civilian reporting hey there's a fucking discord server posting tons of this shit can you do something about it and their response isn't all right we'll be right on that thank you for the tip you know whatever. you know what this reminds me of it reminds what? me of that sam hyde video <laughs> which one which one the one where he pulled up to the cop and he's like hey bad thing is happening officer fiddlesticks <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's true. It's true. So uh, if you don't remember it, Helio, that was the, the, the one. Rant. Yeah, that was the one where he was ranting in his car about how police are useless. Because it's fucking true. You go and you report a crime in progress. It's right there. It's in my jurisdiction. I can't do it. Or in this case, you get in contact. Oh, yeah, it with was the... across the street. Yeah. <laughs> and in this case, you get in contact with the FBI. And our, it's our, all right, Mr. FBI. Here's the Discord server. Here's a list of names. All they have to do is create an account and join it, or better yet, contact Discord, say, hey, we're the FBI, here's our fucking badges, we need to see what's going on in here because this has been reported. But instead of that, okay, Mr. Civilian that's reporting this horrific, terrible shit that is illegal to view and illegal to save, we know you really don't know what to do in this situation, but instead of us doing our job that we're paid, billions do it, yeah, (laughs) go mentally scar yourself by looking at these, these disgusting, horrific images and write descriptions for us so it really gets in there into your mental health and haunts you. 
Well, it, so it fucking bothers. Here's the, the funny part. Here's the funny part about all this, right? It, it just, <laughs> it, it, I find it funny to me that um, American intelligence is incapable of doing simple shit like that. I mean, that that's surface level shit. If you really think about the kind of shit that the FBI does, right? Yeah. Like basic ass shit like that. They can't do that. Yet we've got fucking Tel Aviv. Okay. Literally out paying, here, uh, paying straight hundreds up. of people to spread disinformation and demoralizing stuff all over 4chan and Reddit and everywhere. Yeah, no, it's it's, as, uh, it's just as amazing. Psychological, you know, warfare. It's well, it just shows how fucking apathetic our our entire system is, and it's why it bothers me because it's like, okay, so you can get you guys can the NSA, the CIA, and the FBI can spy on my fucking phone calls read my emails, go through my texts. They can arrest me and do fucking war crimes to me over the smallest thing. But when it comes to stopping actual threats, they're apathetic. And then when you complain about it, you have people who are so comfortable and apathetic in their misery. Well, if we let them do that, then it would affect our freedoms. Motherfucker, it's already affecting our freedoms. The only difference is now they'd be held accountable when they don't actually do anything to the bad guys. Right. I don't I don't understand like the idea of you know because like I mean this might sound a little bit authoritarian on my end but I don't really understand the idea of like infringing on freedoms if it's stuff that you are already publicly putting out you know if it's stuff you're already publicly a part yeah, of like if you're because if you're, if you're on, on fucking someone. reddit you're on yeah. fucking reddit right and you're a part you're a member of some really fucked up reddit group right that's public information bro like yeah, alright, it's hidden behind a username. Yeah, okay, it might take a significant amount of time to figure out if that's really your username or if you're operating that account. I'm sure that might infringe on a small little boundary of privacy, but But dude, they already do that. Facebook already does it. Reddit fucking does it. Exactly. So that's my whole I thing mean, with it. It's not like it's not like you're tapping my my private phone calls or let our let's corporations say corporations like, are more competent at getting information about us than our own government is. Yeah. You know? But, but that's the thing that bothers me and it kind of goes back to the whole thing where it's like it's like okay you can infringe on me all you want and that's totally okay but when we have a law that says you're allowed to do a certain level of infringement then all of a sudden that's bad and it's not that i want them to infringe on people's personal rights but there's a difference between tapping somebody's private phone calls and reading through their private facebook messages between people and then seeing what they're posting in public discord servers yeah. and reddit groups and you know that and kind even, of stuff even, there's a massive really difference I don't really give a fuck what people think, though. Like, even a private Discord server is still fucking public, man. Like, that, that's it, it, a Discord server is a Discord other server. Other people, yeah. It, it, just because it's inclusive towards a specific group doesn't mean that it's yeah. Private. Just because you like, got to pay a using... dollar on someone's Patreon to join. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, that was still... the thing with. Uh, do you remember Maximilian Mus? He was this really infamous like YouTube troll and um, it, one of the most infamous things he was a part of was him and his community found a really mentally ill man that was streaming and they got him to try and eat his own shit live on stream. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. It, so this guy's, this guy's server was full of CP and he would constantly have to like take down and restart the Discord server in order to, you know, avoid getting flagged for it. But that was mm -hmm. the thing. People were, if you have such a, if your server has any sort of problems with CP and it wasn't just like, you know, a troll came in and tried screwing you over, right? That, that That's oh, one thing. It's a hacker. It's a hacker. Um, well, that stuff does happen. You know, it's it's yeah, the equivalent sure. of swatting somebody on stream uh, is, mm -hmm. is posting, I'll say, greasy content in someone's server and trying to get them, 
you know, attacked mm-hmm. for it. But there's a difference between that and then your actual Discord members in your server constantly posting that kind of shit. Right. Right. And that's different. And it's like, oh, well, you know, it's it's a private Discord server because you got to pay a dollar on fucking Patreon. Okay, Mr. FBI, go pay a fucking dollar on Patreon, join, and then all of a sudden it's not private no more. I think we're kind of derailing a little bit, to be honest. <laughs> well, we totally derailed, but I think it all fits into the theme uh, of the episode, and the theme of the episode is apathy. It is it is social and societal well, apathy of the neoliberal hellscape. We yeah, no, my bad. I, 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 meant to, I meant to follow through on that, and I, I completely, like, my, my mind went completely blank for a sec, but it's like you know sort of to just kind of follow through on the whole like um comment i made about like you know about you know authoritarianism but it's like it's not necessarily like that people are trying to like infringe on your rights when they say things like that or that they're even advocating to be more authoritarian more than it's just we've got we've got a body of government that we literally pay through our fucking hard-earned money to basically protect us represent us um you know uphold law to keep us you know from you know degenerating right and it's just like you'd think that you know advocating for you know cracking down on those types of people but it's like it it just goes full it it just goes to show that like we're kind of living more in like kind of tyrannical times because the idea of tyranny tends to be more inwards towards or rather against its own populace and more or less um you know they tend to they tend to value the opinion of the of the outside more because they care more about their image than they do about the welfare but that's that's the thing you said a lot with the united states Uh, but you said it right there and that's authoritarian there's a massive difference between tyrannical and authoritarian yeah. I think well, people, the government, to a certain extent, words. has to be authoritarian because it's an authority. Exactly. Hierarchy exists. Like, I, I hate this fucking idea that authoritarian automatically equals Everyone bad. is equal. <laughs> a, soci- a society should be built on liberty and freedom. I don't disagree with I, that. But I'm I do just gonna think come that out, there's hierarchy. I'm just, I'm just going to come out and say right now that I do not actually believe that all people are equal. I just believe that they should be treated as such. No, there's no such thing as equality. No yeah. one is equal, but it's equality under legal representation. Equality under exactly. the law. Yeah, that, that's you know? literally what it means. But, you that, know? but no, but I what you're describing, I, I disagree. Broadly. I think we're all equal. We're not all equitable. There's a big difference, and I think a lot of people oh, yeah. have missed that point. Mm-hmm. We are all. We all have equality. Equality of out or, or uh, equality of opportunity, but we don't have equity, and that's fine because equity doesn't make any sense. It doesn't work. Some no, some people are more skilled than others. Some nature people are is not inclusive. Than others. Exactly, nature is never inclusive. It, in fact, nature is a kind of a nature. No, it's a bitch, it's like a it's like lowering <laughs> the standards for firefighters so fucking women can be firefighters now. And it's like, it's no. like that's that's fucking dumb. Because that's let's say you're good. a firefighter and you go and it's like half female, half male, and the males are busy doing one thing, and now you have these fucking female firefighters in a building and they can't lift up the 300, 400 pound dude that's passed out on the ground. Sorry, mm-hmm. but equity will kill people. Equity doesn't work. It's a scam. It makes it sounds good and it feels like, good to I, think, I think about, I think but that- it leads to the destruction of important institutions and important systems that are in place for a fucking reason. 
I cannot be a firefighter. I am too short. I am too weak. And I am too weak-willed. All right? So it's not just that women aren't strong enough thing. It's most men aren't fucking strong enough. Yeah. If and that's you're gonna, fine. If you're gonna... I shouldn't be allowed to go be a fucking firefighter if I can't pass those tests. You know, I, it was never really that I was against the idea of women on the front lines. I mean, kind of am sort of against the idea personally. But it's more or less like they should still they should still go for the same standards. If you, mm-hmm, if you want to exactly. fight and die for your fucking country and you're a woman, right? And say you want to be a fucking Marine specifically so that you can shoot people down on the front line and be in the heat, right? In the shit, right? Then you should be expected to fall, follow the same, the same type of standards that any man or any other person would. And but those we're lowering standards, the standards in the military now too, which is dumb. Well, I mean, a lot of my friends who are in the military and come out of the military basically complain about how it's just nothing but fucking PowerPoints about sexual harassment, and it just happens all the time. And it's just like, this is the problem with like equity in a sense, is well, because that's also you just the problem with everybody is the same. You put them all the in the same fucking the idea, spot. That's also the problem with the idea that segregation is always bad, because when you have a very macho machismo, and let's be honest, the military is literally a, a fucking building block for that kind of thing. Yeah, you, no, you, military, you have these sorts of, you know, the military is much it like, it's, it's kind of like the boy, it's a lot like the Boy Scouts, right? And it's built on yeah. this, like, brotherhood aspect. Everyone likes to pretend that, like, men and women don't affect each other in certain ways, but take any mostly peaceful, male-dominated space, throw a woman in there, and just see how instantly everything changes, the behavior changes. Oh, well, that's on the men. Regardless of whose who's, uh, behavior changes... That doesn't change the issue that it deeply affects it and there's a certain biological level that you're not going to be able to educate out of people like i'm sorry and that also takes in that has to take into account that these people have to be willing to change i guarantee you 90 percent of the fucking people sitting through those powerpoints don't give a shit and they're just going through them to keep going on with their day and their job they don't actually give a shit about that thing. You think some misogynist fuckface is going to change because he watched a stupid-ass PowerPoint? No. <laughs> he doesn't <No>. care. <laughs> He's yeah, going to laugh exactly at the PowerPoint, most likely. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and there's this there's this idea. It's, like, it's why I've always hated the teach men not to rape thing. Rape is terrible, one. And two, it's not a male-only issue. But to pretend like you can just teach someone, it's pretty self-explanatory that it's fucking horrible and evil to do. You're not going to mm-hmm. go teach somebody that thinks rape is good to all of a sudden, oh, well, it that hurts people? I better stop doing that. I they know it hurts people. Heal. They don't give yeah. a shit. They literally... They belong in a fucking cage or with a bullet in the back of their skull. I'm sorry. Honestly. You can't untrain that. You know, that's like... It's it's like people who, who look at, you know, like killers. Like, oh, we can reform killers. And so they keep all these serial killers alive. They keep all these, like horrific people alive in prisons and it's just like why these people aren't fit for society they're they they literally kill and harm people at a rate that is not fixable they're not fit for society we have to reform them they're animals you can't reform them (laughs) you know there's a certain level where you can't do it like i think about that that story in canada of the guy who uh I can't remember his name, but he was on like a Greyhound bus in Canada, and he had this mental break, and he oh ended God, up yeah. he ended up cutting this dude's head off with a knife, and, and like, taunting the him. cops yeah. later by eating it and showing like eating parts of the face on this guy's oh. head and showing it to the cops, and that guy ended up getting released 
from yeah. the mental institution years later and it's like you should never get out of it honestly it's like yeah exactly and it's just like how long until this guy either stops taking his meds or reverts back to that there's certain things that you can't you can't reform okay you can reform a thief you can reform maybe a violent child or 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 teenager who did something bad right there, there's there's things like that right yeah but some like 30 to 40 year old psychotic fucker that has a need to abuse children or has a need to 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 harm women and slot or slaughter people or whatever horrific thing it is you can't reform that and the idea that you're cold-hearted and, and a bad person because you don't think we should reform them no it's just the reality you're not going to reform that it, 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 it obviously something broke obviously something broke in their mind a long ass time ago and you know it's it's just like kind of like one of those situations where you get like an old dog and you don't really know what its background is until it starts acting aggressive and biting people and the only fucking choice at that point is to put it down yeah it sucks but you know that that's what i kind of equate it to you know it's, it's the name yeah, well, it is. That sound. it's literally the same we we can look at, but it comes down with everything when it comes to biology when it comes to a lot of things we can look at the animal kingdom and we can look at animals that are just as competent as us or that are really close to us and we can agree that oh there's all these problems and these biological factors and different things in them but the second you look at human beings all of a sudden oh it's it's different and it's not it's just this apathetic refusal to look at things in a rational and logical way and understand that sometimes you have to make hard choices and 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 sometimes things are just fucked up that's just the sad reality of the world you know the world isn't fair i'm mm -hmm. sorry to say but the world isn't fair and a lot of times it ends up in this horrific kind of spot that we're in now where you have certain types of people that are just unreformable and you know it, it it just sucks it sucks that we live in a we live in a society we live in a society that doesn't care you know they, they, they just want to keep drinking the kool-aid and believing that all well, this like i mean utopian it doesn't philosophy help. works it doesn't help that on top of everything that we have to go through i mean we have to work these incredibly soul-crushing jobs whether it's in retail or whether it's in construction or whether it's in fucking some office shit that you manage to get there's always going to be an aspect of modern day like jobs that, that will pretty much you know i mean it, it's just it's just par for the course in modern society but but on top of that it's like you know even even the idea of like consumption is just ramped way the fuck up and it's not even in like any type of relieving way if you notice like a lot of yeah a lot of modern day uh consumables are based around the idea of getting more it's not designed to leave you satisfied it's designed to make you want more and that's why they add more sugar to shit because they want you to keep buying it they want you to get literally addicted to it because sugar is more addictive than heroin hashtag they want you to <laughs> hashtag hashtag soy hashtag this shit makes my tits look big but i don't care because i'm literally addicted to it but um he's got bigger titties than you God damn. <laughs> give me that soy tit <laughs> Soy hey boy, anyway. you got those soy jugs. Mm. But like the, the the problem is, is just like you know, it ramps up all the consumption to to fucking one thousand, and it's like back then, way back then, like back when like the working class American male actually had a face. Um, 
you know, it was like, yeah, all right, let's have a cigarette, but it's like an enjoyable experience. And the ads were like, hey, man, have this enjoyable. I mean, you can't really advertise for cigarettes as much anymore, but yeah, it um, wasn't let's chain smoke the yeah, entire pack. Let's, like let's it is fucking, now. oh man, look at this fucking sexy ass model in front of this fucking goddamn McDonald's French fry. I bet you really want it now. I bet that's really getting your fucking animal lizard brain going. Yeah, you're such a slut. Go eat our burger. Yeah, but advertising really breaks down every part of the whole, like, again, like this neoliberal view on, like, equity and, like, it's human so materialistic. Nature, where they look, at, they look at it and they're like, oh, we're all pink inside and based. we're all the same. And there's no difference between men and women and their biology. There's no difference between the races, except we can believe there's a difference between them when it comes to their health problems. But when it comes to well, maybe their I mean, brain chemistry and how maybe different. Uh, different well, subspecies think, of humanity have, have have evolved a little differently to match the societies well, that they've lived in the, for hundreds of thousands of years. No, that's not a thing. We can't do that. We can look at dogs. We can look at rats. We can look at literally any other species. But you look at people. No, we're all exactly the fucking same. There is nothing different. Oh well, okay. Black people have a higher tendency of getting heart disease. Oh well, Native Americans and Hispanics can't have as much sugar and bread as uh, you know Caucasian, especially Western Europeans. Oh well. You know, there's that whole that whole stereotype that's existed forever where East Asians are extremely smart, but apparently that's offensive now. It has nothing to do with the fact that their cultures have been built on academia for a long time, you know. But no, that looking at all that, that's racist, that's evil. There, there's no biological components to any of that. Uh, and even asserting yeah, that there might be differences. They'll use they'll use every bit of like biological science and whatever to fucking to get us hooked ads. on the next goddamn and product. Look, and and the thing is, if you look at um, because I live in Southern California and I live in a highly Hispanic area, and there's a lot of Spanish speakers around me, I get a lot of um, Mexican advertisements. And, and then, you know, me being a weeb and watching a lot of Japanese stuff, uh, you know, I'll see a lot of like Japan advertisements and stuff like that. And then just even like different areas of America, they literally, the advertisements, the way that they're done, the sense of humor, the, the, the marketing gimmicks, what they actually use to advertise is literally specific to the majority race and culture and or ethnicity that kind of fits mm-hmm. both those words together that exists in that area whatever the key demographic is there when you market to the african-american community your advertisement is going to be much different than if you're at you know if you're advertising to your white female community it's completely different you know, and it's because in the in advertising and everything, they're not afraid to actually play on the fact that there's biological differences and there's stronger impulses in certain people than there is in others. Well, that's the thing. Like that, that completely explains why in the year of 2015, my most fucking lowest depressed point, arguably, um, why I was just getting nothing but ads for condoms and antidepressants. <laughs> you know, like, hmm. I mean. I mean, that, that's more of a personal demographic thing, but it's like, you know, it, it's kind of depressing in a way because like, if you think about it and you're like in that mental state where you're just nothing but like on full hedonism mode and when you're not hedonistic or trying to fucking put as much dopamine into your brain as humanly possible, you're depressed. And it's like, yeah, you know, I just want to watch this dumb YouTube video, unwind, forget about my miserable existence for just one fucking fraction of a minute and then boom, hey, are you depressed? Do you want to buy our pills? You know, or, hey, man, you should totally try out this condom and think about sex some more. And it's just like, 
Yeah, alright, man. Remember like... when YouTube was real hot on condom ads for some reason? Yeah. I'm glad that's gone, because it got really obnoxious, because I just be at work listening to music, and it just randomly, like, I just, like, hear two people going at it in, like, you know, obviously made-for-TV fashion, and then I go look at my phone, and it's, like, some fucking Trojan commercial where, like, they're exploding with electricity because I guess they're using some fucking special condom or whatever, and it's just, like, why is this on YouTube? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, you're just trying to listen to music at work, and it's all not, you know, it's all, all safe for work and all that, and then YouTube decides to come in and be like, hey, man, hey, uh, you want to think about sex? It's like, it's like, dude, I'm not on Pornhub. Can you calm down? <laughs> and, well, I mean, not to mention, like, you know, shit, I was at fucking Walmart today, and, like, right next to the goddamn, like, I was looking for headphones, like, because I lost my old head. Why is it every time I talk, they fucking get loud? Um, I, um, you know, I was looking for headphones, and I was just in the fucking electronic aisle, and right there, there's a bunch of fucking posters, and what's on the posters most of the time, it's fucking voluptuous-ass women and, and, and all this shit, and it's just like... I just came here for fucking, you know, whatever. And it's just like, this is, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, oh, but being attracted to those voluptuous women is, uh, is misogynistic and toxically masculine. Although well, yeah, every advertisement is going to exploit that going when they're pushing it at men. Full advantage. They're going to, they're going to pull out the red lipstick. They're going to fucking pull out the, you know, the skimpiest fucking top they can get, get away with, you know, that won't get the FCC mad and they're going to the stilettos they they got the they they got the puff lips they got everything they, they look they're bimbo yeah. they're bimbified yeah bimbo. and and it's just it's just like you know yeah all right I mean, we're just gonna just pretend though that that all these plus size models are actually attractive really they're just there because these fashion industries want to like forget that they're actually destroying their fucking models psychologically well, i was at target yesterday um <laughs> And I find that funny because like you bring up like the you bring you bring up like the obese models and stuff. And what I find hilarious is if you go into the men's section, it's all like you fucking know, cut. They're all yeah, cut. they're all they're cut, and they're hell. either they're either slightly they got a muscular fucking 12 pack. or there's or they're kind of skinny. I'm talking about the girls, but they're like they're cut. They're kind of skinny. They're or yeah. they're either skinny or they're cut. They look really good, and then the men are all ripped and all that kind of stuff as well and it's kind of like what you would typically think of like peak physical condition or like you know fashion conditions right and then you go into the women's section um and uh and you go look at the stuff in there and all of a sudden it's like fat models it's obese models there's you know very rare every shape and size you got exactly exactly and that's because they know that if a man sees like oh that's a that's a really cut good looking dude i want to look like that impulse buy they see a hot chick oh oh I want hot chicks and you know it, again it plays on the fucking like lizard ape brain that they have that we all have and then you go in the women's section it's like it's inclusive and it feels good and oh if she can look good I can look good and you know it just plays on that it literally yeah. plays on that and, and and then at the same time you turn on the TV you go on social media you watch YouTube toxic masculinity Rah. oh attractive women are evil Rah. and it's just Did like you know? why are you pushing Did this on know? me if it's so bad then why are you willing like, to I mean it for my dollar it's funny because the 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 modern world and the liberal mindset sort of makes people sort of half believe that you know we're these logical beings and we're all fucking rational and we have this objective understanding because we're evolved now but it's like you you go back into like psychology 101 right and it's basically like did you know that the color red actually makes people feel either hunger or aggression did you know the color blue makes people feel secure and calm 
Well, go, let's, let's look at Facebook. That's they why literally the color blue is Facebook. used on police uniforms. Yeah. That's why the color red is on McDonald's, YouTube, the fucking news on the headlines. Well, no, Facebook, never... Facebook, they literally had blue because their color scheme is blue. So they had this darker blue color for their um, notifications for a long time. And they changed it to red. And one of their ex, one of the ex founders of Facebook who left uh, was in an interview. And he even said, he's like, he's like, I don't let my kids use Facebook because it's literally designed to to brainwash you and to get you addicted to it and one of the things they did was they realized that because the notifications are blue people typically didn't feel the need to click on them as fast where red is a color that asserts anxiety into you so when you mm -hmm. see that red all of a sudden it's like oh, i need to click that I need to click that and so that's what they built it on that's why they changed it to be the color red mm. that's why almost every website which used to have different color stuff, changed it to red. DeviantArt did that. Uh, Twitter did that. YouTube, I think, always had red stuff. Um, but yeah, they, they literally do that on purpose. And then even like, like I use audio equipment, right? Again, I'm an audio engineer and a musician. And to kind of go back to that, red is always a bad sign because when you see red, uh, it means you're clipping 90% mm -hmm. of the time. So like you have a compressor or you have an interface or anything that's monitoring the sound. That means that the signal is either too loud or there's too much gain or there's something that's causing the signal to clip and mm -hmm. to sound like shit and to distort in a way that you don't want it to distort. Well, I mean, if you if you go back to advertising, or red know, lights, at, yeah, red lights. Well, I mean, look at look at McDonald's, though. What, what, what color gives people joy? It's fucking yellow. And what color gives people hunger and fucking anxiety? It's red. It's red. You go to McDonald's, you're fucking freaking out because you're in line. You know, you get those little fries that come with the fucking red box. And they got the little fucking M logo, which I don't know if it's satanic or not. But, you know, we'll just we'll just pretend that it isn't M for, for Moloch. <laughs> <laughs> M for Mason. <laughs> M for Magnifico. You know. Magnifico. <laughs> I always like to think that the uh, the two little round points sort of represent, you know, tits. <laughs> Booba. Oh, Booba. I was going for one of my favorite types of like conspiracy theorists are the Christian conspiracy theorists because <laughs> they, they don't just stop at one fucking point. They stop at every point. And like, for instance, like that oh, one part like in the, the Lion King. Yeah, the, the monster the, the, the fucking... drinks the 666. Well, no, no, yeah. my favorite one, my favorite one was, like, um, the Lion King when fucking Simba's, like, all depressed and he slumps in the fucking edge of the cliff and that little dust kind of wisps up. And that's the part where Mufasa, Mufasa's supposed to come up, I guess, but in the little wisps of smoke, some fucking, you know, probably schizophrenic man, I'm, I'm not diagnosing him, but fucking puts their spells out the, letter, the, the, the letters S-E-X, and it's like, sex, sex, and it's just like, dude okay like, yeah but to actually feed into that that stuff what there's a lot of stuff in the old disney movies that was put in there on purpose there is a level of that in there like i think that one was mm -hmm. just an easter egg but there is like um uh, this like is the really little mermaid is a good one well, yeah. i mean you know, you're, not the, allowed, you're not allowed you're not allowed no, you're but, but so to, to actually to you're feed not the point, to read it's H. not HP Lovecraft. You're not yeah. allowed to read H.P. Lovecraft at all. But but like you know, you're allowed to just simp for these corporations that are conglomerating all over all these properties. Well, and to kind of go back to Disney, past. I do want to feed into that. Disney, I do. Again, there, there's certain Easter eggs that are in there just to be like quirky and funny. But there is some actually deep seated disgusting shit in those movies, and it's especially in a lot of the '90s movies. If you look at a lot of the 90s Disney films, you will find um, the spy wrinkle, which is a uh, FBI declassified symbol that the, that means 
uh, boy love and mm. pedophilia. It's, a, it's literally a pedophile symbol. And it is all over those movies. And before someone's like, oh, well, it was an accident. They literally have both forms of it. The the spy wrangle one and the 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 scrawl one, the, the round one. And to, to take it even a step further, the, the um, president of Disney of that time period in, I think it was either 2019 or 2020, got convicted of being a pedo. And abusing children and sentenced to, I think it was like seven years in, in prison. So, Jesus. you know, I'm sorry, but I'm going to press X to doubt that those were completely an accident at that point. But, but that's the thing. People will look at the they'll look at the, the hidden sex or the hidden penis and the little mermaid and stuff. And they'll be like, oh, there's all these evil messages. And it's like, I believe in, and this is my tinfoil hat on for a second. I think they put those in there for plausible deniability for the actual more subtle symbols that they do put in that are actually evil. So people can point to those that are just these silly little things that most people would never notice and those who do, it's just like, you know, it's just, okay, a little purple red hair. Yeah, I think that it's just there for that because people will, uh, it kind of goes back to the apathy. People will look at one thing and be like, oh, well, this had, this thing had it and it was just a joke or it's just a side thing. So everything you find has to be that way. Otherwise, you're a conspiracy theorist. And then on the other end, if you find anything, there is no innocence and it couldn't have been an accident. So it's 100% just that. And so on both ends, it just turns into this negative feedback loop where there's no nuance where some of it can just be little Easter eggs that are there for fun. And some of it can actually be some legit evil shit, but no one has the, no one wants to have the, the more nuanced understanding that both of those can exist. Mm-hmm. Not everyone is putting evil messages in their stuff, but that doesn't mean there aren't some people who are putting evil messages and symbols in their stuff. And it kind of goes back to what I was saying about the FBI earlier. I'm not saying I want the FBI to have more power than they already do to abuse us, but at the same time, they already have that power. So if they're going to be in control, they're going to be the institution that's supposed to protect us. I kind of want them to have the power and the accountability to protect us. Mm-hmm. You know? You know, um, I think um, I think having the accountability, like I, I can kind of understand where a lot of like, you know, um, a lot of like boomer takes come from, you know, as far as like the inevitable kind of distrust when it comes mm-hmm. to um, properly. Um, yeah, it's called the Vietnam War. Proper surveillance. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, the Vietnam War kind of fucked uh, a lot of earlier generations trust for their government in a weird way. Uh, you'd, you'd expect boomers to be a lot less, you know, um, tolerant towards. Yeah. But I mean, the thing about it is like, you know, it's just like, you know, the apathy has a part of has a has a part to do with it. But um, at the same time, you know, it, it's just every single time there there comes like a certain point where people need to be like, you know, or, where the FBI is like has has their eye on somebody. It's always the worst possible like option. And they're always ignoring the actual threats like the Boston bomber, for instance. Yeah, he was in you know, they had a file on his ass for like years and and they, they still did nothing him. to stop him. They still did nothing to fucking. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's like the the media is not doing shit about it because the media is just in everybody's fucking pants and you know they're not going to report properly so it really is up to these people if they have any yeah. fucking sense well, or if they care but then again i mean who i like i i like ted kaczynski i mean obviously i don't co-sign his his uh his less than savory actions 
But I mean, can we really look at him and his life story and be surprised that that happened? You're telling me the FBI had no idea, that no one had any idea that this guy was capable of going off the rockers? Even when he was at his peak, he was pretty nuts. I mean, I don't really, uh, I don't personally know anything about Ted Kaczynski's, um, like, um, I recommend, sort of mental state. I, re- I recommend looking into his, like, a documentary about him or, I have or it, reading uh, up on him. Not I even just his fully, manifesto. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think I got, manif- like, yeah, here, skip I, I the got manifesto like a few- first. I got a few paragraphs into his manifesto, actually, and I know vaguely about him, but I do know one thing, and it's the fact that if it weren't for his brother reading his manifesto and being like, oh, yeah, this is something Ted would say, he he would have never gotten caught. I think that's kind of hilarious in a way, you know, that that even then his life story and how he acted and his social skills and everything like like, again, I do recommend reading uh, his manifesto. But before you read it, look into his life story. And, you know, just his interactions with academia and with the world around him and tell me that no one saw that coming. But to kind of circle back to what I was starting the episode on, and um, I know it seems like we derailed, but I think it all kind of fits into the theme of, you know, just the apathy and just the black pill of modern society, which I'm not trying to I'm not trying to, like, sit there and black pill everyone and be like, it's all terrible. It's never getting better. We're fucked. Everything's bad. I'm not a nihilist at all. I think it's hard not to feel nihilistic in modern society, and I think that's by design. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think the best way to fight back is to fight against that nihilism, but not in a form of denial, but in, understa- in a stoic way. And understanding this is the society you live in, and the only way to make a bad situation better is to take stock of that bad situation and address the problem. And it kind of, it kind of makes me want to circle back to... Uh, what I started off as and like I'm a musician so I'm going to talk from that standpoint but I'm sure entrepreneurial type people can understand uh, exactly what I'm talking about I'm sure it's very similar for them I'm sure that uh, you know more independent scientists or inventor types can also relate to this and just anyone who is in some flavor of creative um, because I do think that those are different forms of creativity may not be artistically creative but you, you get what I'm saying but I'm going to talk from it as a standpoint of a musician because um, that's where a lot of my experience lies in personally and a lot of the experience of my of my friends and colleagues. And that is that we're living in a time that is literally built to demoralize you, to subdue you, to keep your hands tied and to keep you too miserable to work on anything because you'll put in all this time and all this money and algorithms on social media and on websites and and services like Spotify and YouTube are built to undercut you, pay you nothing, and bury you so no one will find you unless you pay a shit ton of money for ads, and even then, that's still a gamble. So there's almost no way to actually benefit from making a podcast or working on music or making an album unless you're one of the, the small few that's either picked up by a major corporation that can push you out to the world, or you're someone like Lil Darky who has that magical moment where they have a video that goes viral, right? Outside of those instances, you're kind of fucked. There's not a lot of avenues to go to. The, and, you know, well, people just don't like music anymore. People just don't like this, which is a lie. It is so hard to actually find anything anymore because of how broken search algorithms are and search engines are and just how it, it turns into a job into a major like you gotta put a lot of effort into finding smaller more underground and interesting stuff and the average person 
after working their shitty day job and having a rough day and just trying to survive and making barely enough money to live in their shitty one bedroom apartment or rent a room somewhere or god forbid live with their parents um and keep their shitty breaking down car afloat or pay their overly expensive car payment for the car that is good but is way too much for them and has all these features that they don't need which makes it a massive hindrance to them because they can't afford to pay for it and they're living paycheck to paycheck they don't want to put that time and effort in and it's the same thing with artists you never have enough money to fund your dreams to to invest in yourself to put the money in ads to put the money towards gear to all that kind of stuff and you know you you start off hungry and you really want to do it and so you put all this time in making your podcast or making your albums or doing whatever it is building these skills you spend years at it you get nowhere you try harder and harder you work harder and harder until eventually you just you can't bring yourself to do anything you don't want to open your DAW. you don't want to pick up your guitar because it just reminds you that it, no matter what you do it doesn't matter you're not going to go anywhere it just demoralizes you and then you gotta or or you can work hard but at the end of the day you're still gonna have to go back and clock in at that fucking job the next day and i think i think the idea i think the the one thing that like as an artist sort of um you know i'm more of a writer and i don't really i mean i dabble in music and i have dabbled in music i was kind of in a few failed startup bands but um the uh the whole there's just one line and it's from a fucking cage the elephant song or whatever the fuck and it really just kind of um it it just it just i think about it a lot and it's uh we live in a we live in an age of critics and there are no painters to be found where have all the storytellers gone or something like that i might be it's it's completely off the top of my head i haven't listened to that song in a while but it's like you know it's basically where it's at because everything's just so consumerist and so fucking like just downtrodden because everybody's so depressed and nihilistic that everything is either some form of fan service or it's some form of marketing to appeal to a specific demographic and nothing more that's why you know i mean look at fucking i mean shit everybody kind of grew up in a way with with harry potter but look at how harry potter is now compared to how it is then how was then it was something like unique a little bit you know nobody was really writing a a fucking wizard school kind of thing it was kind of its own thing way way back in the day right and then now it's just milked to the point where it just means nothing it's consumers crap same with star wars and i mean that star wars is kind of a cult like well it wasn't a cult classic but it's a classic from last generation and now it's just milk to hell just like fucking star trek is to an extent i mean everything that you know used to have an an audience now has a fandom right and it's just because people are so engrossed with this kind of fucking hierarchy that exists within fucking fandoms you don't really have the choice to really artistically express yourself in the same way you used to well then it because it's all just I'm a form of fucking though. elitism yeah i mean you look at a lot of these people though. and you, you, you what's the what's the point in putting into it because no one's gonna care and then the people right. who would care aren't gonna find you because it it's how do you find well, this they're stuff? either not going to find you or they're going to misinterpret your work as some hegemonic sexist bullcrap because they're so fed by like the idea that NPR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's just like um for instance, there's one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite examples is like a, an old YouTube channel that I used to follow before it kind of got to, you know, kind of became shit and it's wisecrack, you know. And um one time like you know they'll do all kinds of shit and they they, they sort of like I, I fell out of them when they started hugging rick and morty's coattails for a while because i don't think rick and morty is all that philosophical of a show 
but um nothing the, uh, matters we're all gonna die it's and just really nihilistic now let's go and watch tv it has it has, it's just very to me the only reason i liked rick and morty or the only reason i fell into it was because i realized i, I liked it for what it was it was a fucking nihilistic it was nihilistic bullshit mixed in with absurdist comedy i mean oh that's boy. all it really is there i go killing again yeah you know it's just really stupid <laughs> but the thing is is like you know They'll, they'll take these things and they'll be like the, the, typically these are the types of consumers you're dealing with you're not dealing with consumers that'll be like man i really like this it had this you know i wasn't expecting this i was expecting this but i don't really care it was really well performed you know they'll take it for what it is no you have people that are like well dark souls is really just some you know freudian commentary about returning to the womb which is literally one of Wisecrack's take, and I'm uh, not bringing that. But it's I'm not, about I'm not triumph. That go. It's about per- See, persevering through the darkest times. It's a, also about fucking, you know, entropy, and that's a better take even then. But, like, it's just... Fuck, man. Like... <laughs> Yeah, but you that goes into something else that I wanted to talk anymore. about, and that's and that's like, so like, like I'm saying, like you have all this stuff where everything's built in a way to where you can't make it, and then when you do, it's, you're still not going to make it. Just gonna what's going to happen is some work. fucking YouTube critic is going to make way more money off of making a video about you than you will ever make off of the work that you put in. And I'm not trying me, to say like, like I don't enjoy that, but like I look at all these fucking YouTube like video essay channels because I do enjoy them. But the yeah, amount of time, I think everybody like, does to an extent. Yeah, well, they're fun, and I don't want to completely shit on them. But right. I mean, like when I look at like, uh, I'll use one I actually really like, um, Pad Chennington. Pad Chennington is a music channel that talks about like a lot more obscure, like electronic music and all that kind of stuff. And uh, fantastic channel, highly recommend. Go check out Pad Chennington. But he also kind of stands for a lot of the things that frustrate me, and not him personally. Again, I like him, and he does a lot to try and push people out there. But people will go watch his videos about Machine Girl, and then they'll never go listen to Wolf Girl. They'll never go listen to the album. They'll, they'll watch mm-hmm. his videos about these obscure artists, and they'll think they're cool because now they know who Machine Girl or Sewer Slut or Insert, you know, obscure artist is here. Yeah. But then they'll never go listen to it. And then you got to think about like I, I just think about what if that ever happens to me, right? Like I busted my ass. I made this album called Decadence, right? And in I think it's awesome. A lot of people who have listened to it think it's fucking amazing. And that's really cool. It makes it warms my heart. Warms my cold dead heart. But, you know, I'm a nobody. I haven't made any money off of it. I haven't I haven't done anything off of it. And that was a lot of labor, a lot of work. I poured yeah. everything into that. And I'm not gonna lie, it does kinda kinda crush my soul a little bit that I can't even get people on my own Facebook or on my own Twitter or whatever to actually pay attention. They're you know, and, and that plays into a whole nother issue, but we'll get there. Um, and, and that's like you you put all this time and effort into it. And then one guy who you think, oh, this guy's going to shout me out and it's going to blow me up. And it doesn't. People watch the video. They think it's cool. But then they never go listen to you. And so somebody makes money off of your work, whether it's good intentioned or bad. With Pad Chennington, he, he's good intentioned. So I'm not trying to shit on him. But, you know, they'll make a video well, he, about it. Yeah. And then nobody ends up, it doesn't end up actually doing anything for you. And next thing you know, somebody made more money off of your work than you did off of it. You know, and you put in way more effort, way more time, way more work, way more skill into crafting your piece of art or your product than this guy who did a little video essay, like 10 minute video essay on it. And that's not to take away from the video essayists, but it's just the apathetic nature of it. People only want to hear critics now. 
and mm-hmm. and and that's another big problem and it kind of goes back to well, what that kind of goes back though to another episode that we did uh where we said that people don't know how to form their own opinions that they need they need the opinion formed for them so they can just yeah they need it. anthony fantano to tell them every good album sucks and that shitty albums are amazing yeah. no what, what what really like bothers me like especially like you know now that i'm kind of like you know going out and like well i'm not going out as much as i used to but like you know just dating or whatever you'll come across somebody you think is cool and then you realize that most of their opinions are formed by fucking like their favorite YouTubers and shit, and they'll yeah. they'll, so, they'll suddenly start saying shit that's re- just to be really agreeable to something you said, even though it wasn't really that big of a deal. And it's just that that's becoming more and more of a common trait nowadays, from what I've realized. And it's not just with like you know yeah. people that well, I've that met, people that I've dated, but it's say. also friends of mine too. Yeah, well, that goes back to something I was going to say, which is people are are so quick to support Kylie Jenner's new fucking makeup startup, or or insert some dumbass fucking celebrity here, or some you know whatever, and they're they're more than eager to jump on and support those things. But then they'll ignore their their personal friends and family who start doing stuff. They'll start a business. They'll right. start a band. They'll start making art. They'll do whatever it might be. And what the fuck is Kylie Jenner? Ever they done won't for even you, pay man. them. Li- they won't even pay them lip service. Oh. You'll get maybe one shout out, like. Like, uh, I think about, like, again, I think about my music and I think about my podcast and I have personal friends where, again, they'll, oh, it's really cool that you're doing that, man. They'll never tune in. They won't share it with their friends. And it's like, fuck, dude, like, you're supposed to be my support group. I'm not saying you have to kiss my ass and say it's amazing, but it's like, I got to start somewhere. And Mm -hmm. it used to be, I think about how it used to be when I was in high school and if you started doing something, people were all about, oh man, we got to help our friend. You know, even if they weren't 100% on board with what you were doing, if it wasn't their taste or whatever, but they were still down to help you. But nowadays, yeah. you know, you can't even get a quarter of your your, your friends to actually do anything. And I'm not Dude, trying to shit I on remember. my friends. It's something that I think everyone's sitting at because they don't want to be I the lame weirdo that's in some obscure thing no one gives a shit about. Dude, I, I used to live in this rural bumfuck ass town in Pennsylvania, and I'm not gonna bring up any names. Um, I don't even know if the people that I'm talking about still do music because I haven't spoken to them in years. But um, the thing about it is like, like the the, the soul crushing like, you know, I can't be an artist type shit. Like I saw a post from one of my friends the other day that was like, man, I really wish I could play drums, man. I was a stand-in for a Jimi Hendrix band and. They, they told me that I was better than their regular drummer and I, I felt really great about that. I really wish he's got a, he's got two kids now. He, he works as a fucking dump truck guy and he's just constantly talking about how soul crushing his job is. And it's just really sucks, man. Cause he's, he was a really good drummer. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, he was in a band in the high school band or it, not the, I mean, I guess he was in the high school band too, wasn't he? But I mean, he was in another band um, just with his friends. They all sucked, right? Like the music sucked ass. I mean, I'm going to be completely honest. It yeah, was but trash, you have to right? Somewhere. But, but, you know, they had their little shirts and shit that they homemade and all that. And, um, you know, everybody in the fucking school wore them. Everyone in the school at least listened to them once. Everybody in the school, like, at least knew of them to some extent, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, even the people that, like, you know, their friends would fucking, you know, you know, you know, basically carry them, you know? It's just the internal community. And I think the reason why a lot of these bands aren't getting a lot of support is because, like, back then and, like, say, let's... He's the most recent era, I guess, if like kind of, well, not recent, but let's take like grunge, for instance, at least before it became corporate, like it was basically a regional sound that a lot of people were kind of just using. It was kind of, you know, its own thing for a little bit. 
before like yeah, people realized sound. it could be proper. Yeah. And it was just all over the fucking place and it was just its own thing because it was supported by everyone. I mean, you look at all the famous like punk grunge people, whatever the fuck, they all kind of supported each other. I mean, everybody knew each other, even like more um, 2000s kind of relevant bands like fucking, I guess I, I have to use Tool as an example, but fucking Maynard, he was friends with all those fuckers, right? Mm-hmm. And still talks. I mean, hell, fucking um, the hell's the name of that song? The Outsider's about fucking Lane Staley, if you didn't know. Yeah. You know, so it's like i mean you know there was a community is what i'm trying to say and and there's no longer really a community because it's just everything's been replaced by echo chambers and elitist centers i mean you look at fucking that but it was also it was also killed off so i have a counter to your point actually uh and not not that i disagree with it i think you're right but i want to point to the corporate assassination of it and i wrote about it and I, i mostly wrote about it from like the warp tour angle but yeah. Um, there, there's quite a bit of angle. So I used to live in Austin, Texas in, uh, like 10 years ago in my, in my teen years. And it was during both the height of the warp tour boom, like the second, the second win of the warp tour boom. So not the two thousands, but like the 2010s, like post hardcore and metalcore oh, scene. Yeah. But also living in Austin, I was living in the heart of like that whole, like hipster folk rock indie scene. Right. And yeah. it was really cool because uh, th- I mean, I wasn't really a part of the electronic scene at that time yet, but that was also during like the dubstep drum and bass revival sort of thing. And yes, I know Skrillex is a meme. I know that 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 genre is a meme, but it did bring electronic music back on the map. And now we have a lot of really cool artists and there is some cool stuff to be found in some of that, you know, that landfill <laughs> of party bangers. But it reminded me of like. I, again, it kind of comes back to the corporate assassination when all the algorithms changed between 2015 and 2017 and everything became corporatized and you stopped hearing about all these artists, but whatever happened to Panda Bear and Animal Collective and The Garden and Death Grips and all these other bands that were from these various scenes and they were flourishing. They had their own festivals. They were all doing big tours and these artists, there was a genuine community where again, The Garden was being shouted out by fricking uh, Mac DeMarco and then they were using the clout that they were getting from that to shout out smaller artists that they were collaborating with and friends with and that they liked like cowgirl clue and 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 all that kind of stuff or or let's look at you know panda bear and animal collective and they were shouting out smaller chill wave artists and different stuff like that or ariel pink bringing other people on stage or the the hip-hop community at that point where they were all collaborating and they were from different flavors of hip-hop or Or again, the metalcore scene, like with Warp Tour and um, Mayhem Festival, where you'd have all these huge legacy bands with the smaller bands, and then they bring these really tiny nobody bands on stage, and then it would actually bolster things up. That doesn't exist anymore, you know. No, YouTube, YouTube rabbit holes that you used to be able to go down. It used to be so easy to find new music and new stuff because you'd watch one video, then there'd be a recommended of a different band. You'd jump on that. That doesn't exist anymore either, unless you're like going through curated playlist channels. Or is this point? Pages still I realized exist? I haven't looked recently because there used to be like full blown Wikipedia. Well, look here, I want, I want to, I want to finish, I want to finish this band. point before, before you guys derail me because I don't want to, I don't want to forget to say this. Um, but it's like you had all that stuff; it was all killed off, which is why even those huge artists like Panda Bear, you don't hear about them anymore. And it's all just Young Blood and Billy Elish and Little Nas and just all these corporate acts that were picked up by massive corporations that have entire teams doing everything because let's face it this stuff is a rough job and it's not healthy 
to spend nine months of the year on the road eating gas station food and playing shows to like 30 people. (laughs) And there's no payoff. There used to be a payoff to touring. There used to be a payoff to playing a lot of shows. Yes, it costs you money because pay to play. And uh, a lot of people don't know this. You don't get on tours for free. You buy onto tours unless you're a big artist that's guaranteed to make money. You got to put fucking like if I want to get on a tour with some small band, like I'll use an example, Cyclone 9, a band that's past their prime that doesn't even pull in that big numbers anymore. I'd have to pay $5,000 to jump on that tour. And what's the payoff? I go play all these local shows at fucking chain reaction to 200 people. And now thanks to COVID to even less people. And I maybe get, I I pay three to $400 to actually play the show because I don't, I'm too small of an artist to have enough fans to sell all those presale tickets, which they already know. So they're going to, I'm paying to play. I'm paying for the rehearsal space to go rehearse. And if I don't have a full band and I don't have a whole lot of friends who are willing to do it for free, I'm paying people to play live with me. So I'm putting all this money to go play in and I at most get about 30 to at most a hundred people who enjoy the show. And I gain maybe like five to 10 Instagram followers. That's not enough for that amount of money when I'm having to work a shitty day job and I can't even, and I'm driving a shitty car and I don't have the excess capital and I can't work two jobs and do that because then I have no time to put into my music if I'm working two full-time jobs or even if I'm just working 70-hour weeks doing one full-time, one part-time, right? And that kind of goes back to the hustle culture I mentioned at the beginning of the show. And then what about tours? Oh, well, bands used to grind it out and do all these grueling, you know, nine months out of the year tours for like two to five years, and then they'd build a fan base. Even that, I go pay $5,000 to go on a tour and play a bunch of dingy-ass fucking pizza shops and dive bars. I gain almost no following from it anymore, and I get back from tour, and now I have bills piled up because I haven't been able to work my day job. I spent my savings to get on to buy onto this fucking tour. There's no payoff, and I can't even None. build a following online anymore because streaming platforms don't pay shit, YouTube well, doesn't pay shit, and all their algorithms are not built to spread small underground artists anymore. They're only built to sh- you know, push bullshit corporate artists or whoever's popping. Well, I and mean, so look there's at, look no at, way to grow. And I'm sure it's at, like that for entrepreneurs with, with getting funding and, and all that for their stuff. I'm sure it's like that for independent scientists or independent inventors or whoever. So it's not just a creative thing. I'm just using well, that lens because it's what it's I know. I think it's like, the expansion of like the sort of um the the the, the hierarchy that that sort of i mean you look at it we're, we're basically the result of entire generation that was told by their parents that you gotta go to school you gotta get your liberal arts degree you gotta get an office job and everybody did that and now we've just got an abundance of fucking overhead and an abundance of fucking bureaucracy but we don't have any fucking workers so our economy's shit and our infrastructure is shit. We don't have any real like meaningful labor because everything's been sucked up by fucking internet commerce or actual fucking commerce and retail. And we, we've basically delegated our entire existence to this whole consumerist fucking lie that's been propagated by all of these big fucking men in suits that are really just squeezing every bit of money they can out of the common man and throwing it towards this fucking globalist shit market that you know and and it's just 
it's everywhere. I mean, you can use the schooling system as an example. For instance, like there's a lot of schools that don't get proper funding because their overhead is so fucking big and they don't want to let go of all these fucking positions that we really don't need. I mean, you really don't need a fucking vice principal. I'm sorry. You don't fucking need a vice principal. You don't need a diversity you, officer. You don't need a fucking diversity officer. Oh, you don't need what? any of these things. You don't need most of the fucking faculty in school. You don't really need it unless it's like janitors or fucking lunch lady or whatever the fuck the bus drivers are relevant but in the teachers of course they're fucking relevant but everyone else all this overhead all this fucking committee bullshit unless it's like a fucking principal that can basically just hire and fire teachers and a fucking hiring whatever the fuck office that they have which honestly everything needs to be streamlined everything needs to be uh, simplified yeah. in in a way that makes sense in a way that you know and it's like everybody's always thinking about cutting out the fucking mm -hmm. laborer but why the fuck don't we cut out all these fucking office jobs? Why don't we cut out all these stupid fucking overhead? Well, it comes back to what about what about New York? The new, because the new mayor. Of New Well, no, let, let's talk about New York for a second. The new mayor of New York is crying and bitching about how offices need to start bringing people back into the office, and it's like, why? Let's make them There's waste no their waste money on gas or waste money on a commute, and waste anywhere from fifteen minutes to two hours of their day commuting to their shitty office position that they can do remotely from home which oh, by yeah. that point they've already had to get up earlier they're more tired they're more irritable they're not in a comfortable space they're stuck in a shitty cubicle and the productivity goes down what is wrong with having people who can work remotely work remotely in a place that allows them to be more comfortable exactly be more productive and it, it just comes down to everything it, it comes back to again the again the theme of the episode which is just this apathy you start pointing out that stuff and you know people hate you if me as an artist points out my frustration with not that i haven't made a million fucking dollars but i i don't have any fruit to any of the labor the years worth of labor and sweat and blood i put into this you just didn't try hard enough man you haven't tried hard enough you haven't hustled hard enough you gotta work harder there's we a don't certain live in level. a meritocracy anymore. Yeah, That's we don't thing. live in that. We don't live. In, look, I would love to live in a pick yourself up by your bootstraps world, but we don't live in that world anymore. It's gone. It's fucking gone. And that's why if you look at movies, if you look at fucking music, if you look at everything, there's no independent movies anymore. They're extremely rare. There's no B movies. They're extremely rare. Gaming's indie scene is the only thing that's still surviving. There's barely any independent or, or smaller artists. There's no hierarchy of artists anymore. It's just corporate paid bullshit. Well, and that's then on it. top of that, it's the chosen you know. few. And, well, I mean, oh, well, they're better than you. They have a team to do everything. I'm going to use Youngblood here as an example. And I know everyone, I know a lot of people like Youngblood, and I'm not trying to, t if you like his music, I'm not trying to take that away from you. Youngblood was a fucking college student that got, he had a lot of Disney connections and was picked up. He's an actor, not a musician. He's an actor and a model. And he has well, an I mean, entire team Drake. behind him that writes for him. They write for him. They, they handle literally everything. There was no upward climb. And he's not a real musician or a real artist. He's a corporate product. He's face. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean you can't enjoy his music. That doesn't mean that he's not a talented entertainer. You know? Yeah, I mean, well, here's but another that, thing, though. Here's another thing. Yeah. Like, Drake is a corporate plant, too. But if you if you like Drake, you're, you're, you're wrong and you should stop. Public I, I service disagree. announcement. Drake did actually have to put in some effort to get places. I'm not saying he didn't have a lot of corporate help, but he did actually I, I put work like into the, the beginning of his career. 
I just don't like the fact that that he started in fucking Degrassi in a wheelchair and now he wants to act all tough and he tries to say he's from the fucking started from trap. the bottom, from, now we here. from fucking Canada, bro. Anybody from Canada has no street cred at all. Zero. Whatsoever. I don't care how hard a fucking average Canadian hood is, you know? You, you, no. That does not you compare no to LA not fucking compare, or bro. to New York or to fucking... I even, even fucking Baltimore, like, bro. Yeah, I could have fucking I wasn't even involved and I've seen some shit, bro. Like, come on, man. You're I not a fucking... About, I always think about that interview with Frank Eero and Gerard Way and they're talking about, like, touring and, like, they're, they're from, like, they're from a really rough area of Jersey, right? And so they're talking about, it's like, you know, touring, like, I'm not scared anywhere because I'm from Jersey. I've already seen all of it and then frank Eero, the guitar player pops in except detroit i think that's the only place that ever scared the shit out of me <laughs> and it's like yeah i mean you're not if you, if you, if you, you the way to measure you a good way to measure your humanity is whether or not you're scared of detroit if detroit doesn't phase you you're 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 too far gone <laughs> you're, a lizard you're, you're already you're already <laughs> no not even really you're just you're just a shell of a man at that point <laughs> Oh, it's not that bad, man. Lives in one of those one dollar houses with literally nothing in it. Just constantly getting robbed. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I know, I know that, I know that, I know that things have been rough right now. But like, this is just like the <laughs> second time I've been stabbed this week. At least, you know, I didn't get stabbed four times like last week. <laughs> you know, at least the knife was clean this time. Yeah, at least I didn't get a yeast infection this rusty. time. It wasn't rusty, you know. I'm glad that the guy who regularly stabs me at least got a different knife, you know. I mean, I'm glad my money's going <laughs> Look, somewhere. This time it didn't get notched. <laughs> uh, rest in peace, Detroit. <laughs> Remember when Detroit used to be like a fucking industry for cars, and now it's just a, just a husk. Which comes down to the hole. apathy of it when you complain about that. Yeah. You know, oh, well, you know, Mexico and China just do it better. Than no, they fucking don't. Have you driven a modern car? They're shit. It's just the fact that it's cheaper for these dumbass corporations. Like, they they refuse to pay Americans a fair wage to make a high quality product that will last you the rest of your life. So instead, they outsource to these fucking third world countries where they can pay people poverty wages or, or less than poverty wages in, in America. Uh, they can pay them breadcrumbs and exploit children and teenagers to to work these dangerous jobs manufacturing these cars and then you get it you still buy a premium and you buy an import cost now for them and then at the end of the day they break down in literally six months versus you know let's say a car from like the 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 70s or 80s which there's some of those that are still rocking today Dude, you could drive like an old Ford pickup on like fucking fart gas and leave the oil like at a fucking eighth of what it's supposed to be for a year and it'll still go, man. Yeah, that's for what real. I loved about my old truck, man. It was great. Now, and, and now it's like, oh my god, you just put in an aftermarket radio. Your ECU doesn't work anymore, man. <laughs> Have fun driving. Uh, or, or, or you can go the Tesla route where it's like. Oh, you want to go above this <laughs> this speed limit, or you want to use this type of oil, or whatever? You got to pay to unlock that feature. What is this fucking DLC? It's a goddamn car, dude. I can't even play games on my phone without getting ads, bro. Like, <laughs> it's gone too far. Uh, and and with all that being said, I I do think we should probably maybe do a part two to this at some point because I have so much more I could say, but. We are already like really far in. This is a long episode, so I think we should probably call it here. But um, yeah. um any any messages that that you know the two of you want to want to part with, want to leave leave reject, in our reject nihilism, embrace purpose, fight corporate tyranny. I think that's every that's something we can all agree on. Yeah.
Um, I'm going because I'm a because I'm such a devil's advocate. I'm going to uh, sponsor um, just just coom coom as much as you can, dude. It's just just forget about everything and just coom. All right, that that that's that's my uh, takeaway from all this. You know, just look, just look, embrace sec. hedonism, hail Slanesh, um, coom until you die. Look, Amen. I know Lulsec is just a nice, healthy dose of cucking on the side. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Remember, no. To drink, remember to drink corn syrup. <laughs> not that far. <laughs> I guess I'm just not, no. Eat, eat the Big back. Mac. I'll take back, I'll take the... back what I said about hailing Slanesh. <laughs> I don't think I'm that extreme. Eat, eat the Big Mac. Drink the Soylent. Put on your, put on your VR, uh, your VR X-rated pornography. And make sure you get your uh, make, make sure you get your calibrated uh, flashlight attached to it too. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just and, give up um, in that thrusting machine. Better. Yeah, yeah. Just, just that, that reminds me, man. I need to go get my salt burger. Okay, whatever happened Large. to McDonald's? Because I remember uh. McDonald's even like. <laughs> Like fifty, like when I was a kid. I like how you immediately started on McDonald's because that's exactly what I was referencing. It tastes like salt. I remember McDonald's burgers when I was a kid. They still weren't great, but like they at least kind of tasted like meat. And then you, if, you, if you ever have the misfortune of being like, oh, I'm in a pinch. What's open? Oh, fucking McDonald's. Let's go get something. Everything just tastes like salt and that weird dude, like smell. That they I all fucking have. that weird smell. Exactly, dude. Fucking um, quarter pounders, dude. Like I, I got a quarter pounder recently because I, I, the only time I ever went to McDonald's was when I was on a budget. When well, back when you could do this on a budget, and I just McDoubled yeah. it. But you can't even do that anymore Yo, because two McDoubles are expensive. Yeah, dude, they're like three bucks each. But yeah, like, they used to be a buck fifty. Yeah, I remember when two McDoubles and a large fry and a fucking drink used to cost me $6. Now it costs me 12 No, now um, it's a luxury to hate what you just ordered. Yeah, yeah no, and, and then, like, you, you get your fucking Big Mac Salt Burger Supreme, you bite into that salty mess, and it's just, like, everything that, you know, just, just nothing but salt with the vague sense of meat. Not even a taste, just the vague sense of it, right? And, and like, Funyun crunch of, like, onions, man. Like, or not, not even... <laughs> It's just that the fucking onions are just too goddamn crunchy, dude. I don't we're know what nearly, they do to their fucking onions. two hours, so let's just end it. Fuck McDonald's. Dude, Subscribe fucking Taco Bell's worse, dude. Taco Bell is worse. Do you know what they fucking do to their fucking... Do, do, you, do you know they what they're fucking it. refried... No, they're refried beans, dude. It's powder yeah, that you put in water. It's not real. <laughs> None of it's real. It's the only thing that's real that's is like, probably the steak. That's like you order tuna from any of these fucking fast food places, and it's like half mayonnaise. It's cat so yeah, food. <laughs> it's, it's, it's half half mayonnaise. It's and it's not even like albacore. It's not even white albacore. It's like tan albacore. Like you know. What, you know what? Fuck it. We'll end it on this. Ooh. Read Ted Kaczynski's <laughs> manifesto. Oh. Have a oh. have a good week. We'll see you next week. Reject modernity. Return to monkey. You know how um <clears throat> they tell little girls you can't ever be a doctor. I remember that back in preschool and kindergarten. I remember they weren't playing with dolls or like, um, you know, gossiping or putting gum in boys' hair and things like that. They were, they were like, they wanted to be doctors. They were like, oh, I want to be like a computer scientist. So the male teachers would come up and they would grab the girl and they'd go, you can't ever be anything other than a housewife.
You remember that, right? From when you were in school? Uh, in group work, it was always, always, always the girls who did all the work. You remember that, right? And then when the girls did all the work, the teacher, the male teacher would always come over and be like, you think you're going to be a firewoman? You think you're going to be a job that's for a man? You can't ever do that. It just struck me at the time as weird, but now I understand.